What's going on, everybody? It's Marshall. I am the host of the Serial Progress Seeker podcast. I am really pumped for you to check out this episode today. This was a really fun conversation that we had with a very good friend of the show. His name is Casey Pierce. And man, does he fit the bill of a serial progress seeker. I tell you, he has got a really cool story. Um, He's been through several really pivotal moments in his career that have kind of led him to where he is. And that's kind of what we talk about in this episode. We really dig into what those moments were, um, the reason that he reacted the way he did and how prepared he actually felt to take on those moments. And I think that's a really cool conversation to have um, for anybody out there that's considering, you know, making a big move and and making a change in their lifestyle and switching up the way that they want to um, really interact in their day-to-day life and and, uh, get the enjoyment out of life that they possibly can. So I'm really excited for you to dig into this episode. Come on in, check out episode 84 of a Serial Progress Seeker podcast. This one's called How to Prepare for the Moments that Turn Your your dreams into reality. All right, Tab, I I was thinking about this the other day and I wanted to ask you this specifically because I don't know this answer about you. And I think this is a a fun little little conversation. So I'm going to dig into your brain a little bit and I'm going to ask you to jump way back. I know, right? That's always the most fun conversations to have. Uh, Dig into your way back machine here. Tell me when you were a kid, because every kid has this when you're growing up, every kid wants to grow up to be a firefighter or a police officer or what, you know, whatever it may be. When you were a kid, what was that dream job for you? what do you want to do? Extremely embarrassing. Oh, good. I wanted yes. to be a country music star. Now, let me just oh say. Oh my gosh. Yes. I cannot carry a tune to save my life. <laughs> But when I was a kid, there's actually family videos somewhere of me, like at my grandparents' house. They had this this older house that's got these partition things that like slide open and shut to kind of divide the room off. And we used to yeah, put yeah. on plays and shows for my grandparents. So I've got a video of me like on a stool with a guitar that I did not know how to play. And I'm singing some song that I made up that sounded horrible. <laughs> But I was, you know, at the very end of it, I give a whole yeehaw and everything. So that was that was the childhood dream that uh, never should have been a dream. <laughs> that is awesome. So what's going to happen is we're going to find that video. We're going to link it oh. in the show notes, right? And then we're going to no. turn you into what's what's going to happen. This podcast is going to become about turning Tabitha into a country music star. I am so excited. Yeah. This is going to be that so. That will fun. never happen. <laughs> that will never happen. I'm telling you, it's it's awful. <laughs> that's that's so funny. I love it. You know what it was for me, and it's funny because I carried it on all the way until I was in college. For me, I always wanted to be on ESPN. That was my dream. I I, I wanted to. I can see that. I wanted to sit at a desk, or I wanted to, you know, go to you know, football, basketball, baseball games and be the commentator. That's kind of what I wanted to do. And then what's funny is as, as I shifted, you know, through my life and realized, number one, I wasn't going to be an athlete because I never, I just wasn't athletic. Um, so as I grew a little bit out of that and then I then I grew to kind of started like falling in love with music and stuff. But here we are. I just want to point this out. This is cool. Here we are. What's in front of me? There's a microphone. You know, I might not be on ESPN and I might not be singing. I might not be a country music star, but here we are. We're in front of microphones. So I think, I think, Tab, we've done pretty well for ourselves. So I'm pretty excited. We We did. We did. We're here. We are. And I promise this whole episode is not going to be just about us tap, uh, you know, patting ourselves on the back, but uh, I feel really good about where we are tap. That's all I'm saying. But um, anyway, what this episode is about is something really, really cool. And this is something that, has kind of, to be honest with you, it's been on the minds and 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 the souls and the hearts of everybody here at Serial Progress Seeker for the last little while, and we've we've kind of we've been tossing a lot of information. Everybody, if you've been listening to the podcast, we've got a lot of cool episodes in our archives that you know kind of dive into some really cool specific things about you know entrepreneurship and you know owning your business and digital marketing and things like that. And and not that that well. Not that we're going away from that well, but what we are doing is something really, really cool. We've seen an opportunity. It's because we've all become such a close-knit team, and we're all noticing the fact that we all have 
serial progress seekers all around us, right? It's 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 insane. So I I think that's kind of what we want to get to, and that's you know that's kind of what we're doing here today is we want to get to the point where we start bringing in people that we know, and then some people that we don't know that we consider to be serial progress seekers in the world, the people that are out there in the world, literally seeking progress on a daily basis, and then talking about, you know, their journeys to doing so, because not only does everyone have a story, but folks that kind of have, folks that we kind of see like ourselves, that kind of have this mindset and kind of have this feeling about themselves, you know, that, that they've they've come through some things. They've been at crossroads in their lives and crossroads in, the, in their careers. And, and uh, they, you know, somewhere along the way, they obviously probably saw themselves as a serial progress seeker and just didn't know it. And we've been able to uh, identify that a little bit. So I'm really, really excited for us to be here today. Um, I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Tabitha. This is a really, really fun one. Um, for me, this is a guy that I know is one of the best, uh, one of the best storytellers I know. I can tell you, I've known him for a long time. He's been telling really, really good stories. He can tell you a story about, um, you know, baseball teams from the 1940s that have won the World Series. He can tell you about uh, a story about him, you know, working at Super Bowls. He can tell you stories about him, you know, working in healthcare. Um, he can tell you stories about sharing an apartment with me and being part of a band for an entire summer. Um, those stories maybe will stick, you know, we'll, we'll stick those somewhere else, not, not on this actual episode. But there are lots of cool stories, um, and I'm excited to kind of bring him on and talk about this story and specifically some really specific things that he's been able to do over his career and his path that have kind of supported what we're talking about. And that's how to be prepared when your dreams come and smack you in the face and, and, and start to become a, a reality. So no further ado, I want to make sure we introduce our good friend, Casey Pierce. Casey, it's good to see you, my friend. How you doing today? Good to see you too, Marshall. I'm great. Tabitha, good to see you. Happy to Man. have you here. Absolutely. Dude, we're excited to have you here because, and, and, and like I said, uh, you know, when I start thinking about the people in my own personal Rolodex that are serial progress seekers, man, I think about you towards the top of my list. And it's because, you know, you have been at those crossroads in a career several times and, and you've, you've, uh, chosen, you know, maybe some paths less, less, less traveled to uh, kind of get to where you are today. And I, I love being able to kind of tell stories like that, but you know, let's, let's get started a little bit. Cause obviously a lot of our audience does, don't know you Casey and I, and I want to introduce yeah. you to them. And, and uh, so tell us a little bit about your early background, where you're from, you know, kind of where you, what led you to kind of where you and I cross paths, which was in college. Yeah. And so my story professionally is a lot like yours, Marshall. So, um, you know, I always loved athletics and um, I, I grew up all over the country. My dad's a Baptist preacher. So we moved around a little bit, uh, lived in the Seattle area for nine years, but uh, Arkansas roots. So we moved um, to Russellville. I went to high school in Russellville and then came to A-State in 1999. And kind of what led to that point, you know, I always loved athletics, loved sports, grew up reading the sports page, um, watching sports with my dad, but um, played athletics, played sports as a kid, not competitively, not very physically gifted. <laughs> but I just knew pretty early on that uh, if I wanted to have a career in sports, I needed to find another path uh, towards that. So I got involved in sports media, just I called sports talk shows when I was little. I mean, like as a kid, it was almost like a, a bit like people who knew Casey in Tacoma or Casey in Columbia or whatever. Oh man, we got to, uh, we got to find those. Shows. We got to find those. Oh yeah. Those. Oh man. They're classic. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I just really ingrained myself in the media and then even in high school got to do um cover Russell high school athletics with the uh, Russell news for the Russell newspaper for the local radio station there, the little five, 500 watt AM station. And so um, then leading up to that, I had an uncle tell me like, if you want to work in media, you got to go to a state. That's the place to be in this region. And that was some of the best advice that I've ever received. I hadn't really considered it at that point. So when I graduated high school, I ended up at a state as a radio TV major, kind of like you, just wanting to get on somebody to give me a microphone and let me talk sports. Right. right. And let's clarify too, because we got a lot of people listening. We're, we're talking Russellville, Arkansas, and we're talking Arkansas State University, because I know that right. we're going to have people chime in and say, oh, I'm from Not Russellville. Arizona. That's right. Oh, man. That climbs yep. up. Well, and there, there's a Russellville, Alabama and a Russellville, Kentucky too. Yeah. See, so, there you and, go. And a, and a Jonesboro, Georgia that we get confused with. Oh, a lot. my yeah. gosh. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, and then you and I cross paths in college at Arkansas State. Um, Tabitha, you were at Arkansas State at the same time. I don't know how we didn't all kind of run together. What were we doing? I don't know. Well, I was in the communication department, so mine was all journalism. So you guys were TV and radio. I was more, you know, behind the scenes. But we stuff, were so. we were right there. We could we probably had all, all the together. same professors and and everything. We probably passed is... each other like on a daily basis. <laughs> we we've all got great Lisa Moskal stories, That's I'm sure. Right, so. right. No <laughs> doubt. Um, she's she's my favorite no doubt absolutely well so okay so those are the early days casey but somewhere along the way obviously professionally you kind of determined you know the path you wanted to go obviously you wanted to work in sports and things like that but you know what kind of factors were kind of leading you into the direction that you ended up going so like what what kind of things were were you kind of getting interested in and what was piquing your interest well, I mean, especially in the early 2000s, digital media was just changing so fast and so many more opportunities were coming around. So that created a lot of opportunities in sports media that I really didn't even know exist. I knew athletics and communications, and I didn't really know how they came together, um, what exactly that would look like. So I did just a lot of different things. Like I said, worked for a radio station, worked, um, did some freelance work for professional newspapers, wrote for student newspapers, um, you know. And then, of course, my my education as well. So um, I ended up in the sports management program at A-State because that uh, really gave me a little bit of business, a little bit of communications, a little bit about that entertainment management. Um, So but I still took a lot of communications classes and it ended up being just the perfect uh, blend of education for me. I got all three of those areas and uh, really prepared me for for what was next. Absolutely. No. Yeah. What was that? That's that begs the <laughs> question, right? What What was that? I, I was going to let y'all set me up. So really <laughs> the big jump that, that you kind of threw at uh, there, Marshall. So um, I had to get an internship in athletic administration of some sort to complete the last six hours of my degree. And I had been pretty realistic about the places I'd been applying. A lot of Sunbelt athletic departments, sports information departments, you know, kind of smaller colleges, things like that. And I just really wasn't getting anywhere. It was pretty frustrating because I'd done some legwork. I probably hadn't done the networking end of that, but I at least had writing samples to share with people, air checks to share with people. Um, But I just wasn't getting anywhere. So my um, spring break that senior year, getting kind of frustrated, I just needed to get away. So I decided I was going to go to Nashville and spend the week with my high school best friend who was a student at Vanderbilt and uh, a guy that you came to know pretty well over the years as well. Absolutely. So that week we were just kind of messing around Nashville, um, having fun. Uh, he was in class that week, but I didn't let that get in the way of my uh, great week. So (laughs) the last day I was there, we were going to go to lunch and we ended up going to Taco Bell on West end Avenue. And, uh, we walk in there, get to the front of the line to order. And this is 2003 and neither of us has any cash. Um, so we, we put a debit card out and they tell us we don't take cards. So we're sitting there arguing kind of about what we're going to do. And this woman behind us in line puts $10, $20, whatever it was down and says, guys, this happened to me the other day. Let me take care of it. And so we were just incredibly gracious uh, to her. And she sat down by herself and um, we just asked, it, hey, you mind if we join you? We just to thank you. And um, she was very gracious in that started a conversation with her. And uh, she was asking us where we were in school, you know, okay, you're about to finish. What do you want to do? And I told her just like I've laid out to you, athletics and communications, looking for an internship. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm not having any luck. And she just kind of almost, I remember she just kind of grinned and said, would you be interested in working in Nashville? Uh, Well, of course. (laughs) And so this woman owned a, her name was Yvette White. She owned a marketing company in Nashville. And one of her big clients was Baptist Health and Baptist was the title sponsor of the Tennessee Titans practice facility. And so she had a lot of connections with the Titans. She introduced me to someone who worked uh, for her. His name is Ron Hollis. I'm still in touch with Ron today. Ron's really well plugged in and well respected in Nashville and um, especially that uh, marketing and communications and sports scene. So um, Ron and Yvette got my resume in front of the right people. And four months later, I moved to Nashville and uh, started an internship with the Titans. 
That's an incredible story. So I'm guessing you're at Taco Bell, so you're probably dressed like a college bum kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just got the biggest opportunity of your life when you had no money to pay for Like, that is the most incredible story I think I've ever heard. <laughs> it really is. And, um, you know, and not just that, you know, we'll, we'll get into more of that, but it sparked a 13-year career in the NFL. I worked eight Super Bowls. I was able to meet some of my lifelong heroes and be involved in things that, um, I mean, I never really could have dreamed of. Uh, I have not been in touch with Miss White in a while. About 10 years ago, I got invited to speak at a banquet at Arkansas State, the College of Communications Banquet. And I just, out of the blue, Googled her and emailed her my speech. And uh, she wrote back, was very gracious. It was a really neat, because um, I think my first day, so I did two internships. And then the first day I got my uh, first full-time job in the NFL, I also emailed her to say, hey, this is where our conversation has gone. If I can ever do anything for you at all, please let me repay the favor. And um, <laughs> then again, so then I emailed, I emailed her about 10 years ago. I have not been in touch with her since. Um, but yeah, you know, so basically still a stranger that completely changed my life. And then it's saying, contrary to popular belief, contrary to popular belief, we are not sponsored by Taco Bell. Um, this, this, this was a great Taco Bell story. I'm sure Casey was, you know, halfway through a Chalupa right about this time, this amazing moment happened, but, uh, I mean, how, how cool is that? And that's exactly what we wanted to talk about tab. Am I right? Like we wanted to talk yeah. about, you know, moments, right? Because there's so often in our lives, I think it, it happens to every single one of us that, um, even when we don't recognize it and God bless, there are times when we don't recognize it at the time, especially for the importance that it's going to carry in our lives. But those moments that come across, man, and, and being able to, you know, uh, not only prepare yourself, but, you know, kind of arm yourself for when that does happen and be able to react. Right. I, Tab, if you had kind of, I'm sure you've probably had, well, you've had an extensive career too. Have you had some specific moments that you can point to that you've had to kind of like, jump and react or, or, or now looking back on your career, can, can you point to certain things like that? I'm sure maybe oh, not gosh. Taco Bell, but not on the spot. <laughs> I can't No, I can't think of anything, yeah, but, I, yeah. but, but, but being a, a well-rounded individual that can talk to just about anyone, I can tell you when I worked at Relentless and we were in um, Phoenix, Arizona or Tempe, Arizona, I remember working out there one day, they're like, Hey, come out to dinner with us. And we ended up going out to dinner with the CEO of Coors Brewing Company who is like this engineer guy whose brain power is like ginormous. And I'm over here yeah. just like, keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything because you're going to sound so stupid, but <laughs> be prepared for any kind of, you know, I wasn't prepared to go to dinner with that guy. It was a, it was an incredible, incredible dinner. Well, I mean, be ready for those moments because you never know when they're going to land. Right. <laughs> I mean, you, you really don't. And that's, that's why, you know, obviously Casey was kind of in a mode of trying to figure out what his next step was. And, and, uh, here he was walking into a Taco Bell talk about not, not being, you know, uh, fully, fully knowledgeable of that. The moment was about to happen, but so Casey, take us about, you know, tell, tell me about, I mean, did you take yourself back to that specific moment, that Taco Bell? Obviously you had been on the search for quite a while just cause uh, you know, it's, it's kind of part of your deal. You're, you're moving on. What, Take us back to right then when you had that conversation, did you feel right then that that was a, that was a kind of a shifting moment for you? I, I wanted to, I didn't, I wasn't quite sure though. Cause you know, you hear people all the time that say, Hey, we should get together sometime. Like, Hey, mm -hmm. I, I know somebody this sure. and then nothing ever comes up, of it, but it's almost like off the cuff. So I wouldn't necessarily say that, um, you know, and it took a few months for it to come together too. It's not like they hired me the next week. Um, so I, you know, it was some grind and some, um, and some pull. And so I wouldn't say instantaneously, but I at least knew that I had some good connections in Nashville with some real possibilities. Well, and, and yeah, so, they, yeah. Go ahead, Tab. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask like, so you had this, this meeting with this person, this chance encounter, which was incredible. You go back to college. What did the process look like from there? I mean, w were you having to make several phone calls? Did you have to follow up a thousand times? Like you, it wasn't instantaneously. So, but it also didn't mean you went back and just sat on your, your haunches and was like, I'm just going to wait for this opportunity to come to me. Like, right. What did yeah. It I was still, like? I was still applying for other internships and other jobs. And, um, you know, I really, so I was finishing the, my coursework. So I had all my, 
uh, classroom work done at that point. I just had that last six hours to uh, finish to mm -hmm. uh, to graduate. So I knew I couldn't quite look for a full-time job. It really was a little bit of a limbo kind of waiting mode to kind of see how that shook out. I thought I'd landed an internship with an agency in Chicago that booked celebrity speakers. Um, and that kind of got yanked uh, at the last minute. I don't even really know what happened there, but um, they'd almost made a, a verbal offer, but not put it on paper. And then that fell through. So um, it, and, and at that point I'd even given up on the, not really given up on the NFL idea. I just kind of thought, you know, it wasn't so no, it took a long time um, on. I, it was really a stuck period though. I, there wasn't a lot to do beyond finishing my coursework and kind of, uh, yes, I did make several calls. I had some media connections in Nashville that I reached out to and said, hey, if you know anybody, I'd really appreciate it if you give me a hand with this. Yeah, so after talk, talk about those next steps. I, I, obviously, you went through a little period of time there. So what, what happened that that, that latched on to? And, and then we're, I promise we're going to move on past this Taco Bell story. But this is a <laughs> this is a, obviously a pivotal moment for you. And I think what, what we want to understand is the steps you took to kind of take advantage of this pivotal moment. Well, I mean, I think it was just having that experience, having worked in a lot of media and having a, a resume ready. I think I had to have a couple of people go to bat for me just for a couple of different things. Um, a guy that became one of the more influential people in my life, the guy that was my supervisor there with the Titans, um, said, this is the guy I want to hire. And um, and those it just takes time. Um, yeah. You know, I think in any job search, it never goes as quickly as the candidate wants it to be. So, um, you know just kind of some patience and perseverance. And uh, I mean, in some ways it's kind of like asking somebody out on a date. <laughs> it's, it's very much like that. We, we've actually, ba ba it's funny. We've <laughs> talked about that several times, how it's, you know, when you're talking to someone in business or, you know, in your professional life, a lot of times it's like, you're trying to take them out on a date. Absolutely. But find that balance of letting them know you're interested without overdoing it and making them mm -hmm. run away. Abs so don't, I would say there was creeper, probably like a two month saying? window of, <laughs> Yeah. Right, that happening. It's weird, Tab. Did you, did you did you catch that, Tab? He was looking right at me when he said that. I don't understand. That was kind of that was kind of rude. I don't understand that. But nope. <laughs> that's funny. All right, so fast forward, Casey. When uh, when 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 this thing obviously because it it happened. When it when it happened, what was what was that moment like? And then so from there, obviously that had to kick fire a lot of different things. So so walk us through that. Well, I think you were with me when I got the phone call. We of were in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. And so it was kind of like, I mean, it was just this huge relief. Like I, I didn't know what was going to happen if I didn't get that internship. I was probably going to go work at a restaurant for six months and try again for that spring internship cycle. So it was just like a, a huge relief that, uh, okay, now we've got something tangible. We had two weeks left. We uh, Marshall and I were working a summer camp together in Charleston, South Carolina. And so it was, we were going to move home and pack up and then move to Nashville and, and get rolling, but um, getting all the paperwork for internship stuff and um, figuring out what all that looked like. That's kind of what it boiled down to. You, you, Tab, I guess you, you probably didn't even know that. So yeah, he, he no. and I, and I, can you imagine can you imagine what this celebration was like? I can remember Casey. I can remember exactly where we were, dude. It was so much fun because obviously we had confided in each other and we, you know, we knew a lot about what each other were dealing with. And that was, that was weighing really heavy on Casey at the time. And I can remember yeah. us sitting there. We were at lunch. We were at lunch. Weren't yeah. We? Yeah. Um, Mama's cafe. That's right. And he got the phone yeah. call and you would have thought that, you know, whatever team that was local to Charleston, South Carolina had just won the, you know, world series of the Super Bowl. It was unbelievable. We, I remember us jumping up and hugging and running around and stuff. It was really, really fun, but uh, it's great. It's really, really exciting. So, okay. Obviously you're in the NFL now. Um, the first thing that I want to know right out of the gate is because this is obviously for you. This is a dream gig, right? This Absolutely. is a, this is a dream gig right out of the gate. So what we want to know is, did it end up as a dream gig? Like, was it, did it, was it what you, was it what you expected? Um, you know, I don't know necessarily that experience, what I expected. So um, it was kind of interesting. I ended up because it was for credit and they weren't going to pay me. I ended up working basically three days a week, plus home games with the Titans. Um, and then I had another job at a bookstore that I worked the other four days a week. So I wasn't like completely immersed in the team. I would come in, I'd go to practice. I'd do a post game or post practice, post game 
report, write a story. Um, the most beneficial thing I got from that year was I got just an outstanding mentor who's um, still somebody that's very, very special to me. His name's Gary Glenn. He worked for the Titans for over 20 years, and um, he just really gave me practical advice day to day. This is how you do these things. This is how you carry yourself. This is what to expect. Because, um, you know, there's just a lot of bravado and um, free stuff and glitz that goes around an, an, an NFL facility. So it's, you know, hey, be grateful for what you get. Don't expect things. Just be humble. Carry yourself low. Be quiet. You know, be for the most part, just um, not necessarily mind your own business, but be cognizant of that. Um, you know, try not to stick out too much, things like that. So um, at the end of that, that semester, that season, um, he kind of encouraged me, you've got some real talent. You've got the ability to do this what you really need to do next is you need to do a full-time internship. So um, he helped me with that process of connecting with people. I started applying for internships across the country. Um, and it's really funny. I think I, I sent resumes everywhere except the California and New York teams because I knew that uh, I wouldn't be able to afford to live in California or New York. So I just kind of scratched those things off. And then I ended up um, had somebody from the New York Jets contact me interested. And so of one of the like five places I didn't apply to, I ended up interning with the Jets the next season. Oh, that's funny. Life so has got a way to just shove year, it in there, um, even when you're not playing. Absolutely. It. It's, life's going to make it happen. No doubt. So that next year, um, I was a full-time intern with the Jets. I made $1,000 a month. I lived on Long Island. I sounded like I was from Arkansas, uh, culturally, <laughs> professionally. Um, you know, and, and I had a couple different opportunities that year, and I went with the Jets just because I knew that a year of working in that media market would be unlike anything else. And we were really good that year. We were 12-4. and four. Curtis Martin led the, uh, led the league in rushing. We um, were a playoff team. So got so much of all of that experience that year. Um, and was able to really grow again, just writing a lot, um, expanding my network. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was 22 years old too. So there was a lot of life to be learned from those experiences too. I can only imagine. Well, kind of a, <laughs> yeah. When you talk about writing and expanding your network, I think that's something that a lot of people can latch on to. So dive into that a little bit. Like what specifically, what kind of writing were you doing? And then what kind of opportunities were you being put into to where you could kind of, you know, network with some people that could potentially help you down the line? So I was I was writing news stories for the team website and publications. So I was kind of like a reporter that worked for the team. And that's yeah. kind of I didn't really know that that role existed and it was still really new at that time. So I was kind of part of the media core. Um, and so, you know, you have national writers come in all the time and I've never been afraid to introduce myself to people and find common ground with them and really latch on to them. And so one of the more memorable uh, parts of that I was a huge Dolphins fan growing up, had the Dan Marino posters on my wall, um, obsessed. And so, you know, when I was in college, I would sit in the computer lab at, in the Ellis Library at A-State and read the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel every day. Hmm. And um, so when we played the Dolphins that year, I just went up and introduced myself to Alex Marvez, who was the Dolphins beat writer at that time. And Alex and I became really good friends over the years. And I remember just in that kind of randomness, he said, you know, they, the league takes um, interns to come work in the Super Bowl every year. You should apply to do that. And again, I hadn't really given much thought to that, but I sent an email to somebody and um, and reached out and ended up getting to go to Jacksonville that year. The That first Super Bowl that I worked was the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. And again, just being around PR directors from uh, a little over half the NFL teams, is kind of like an on-the-job or um, on the spot audition that week and just running around trying to, again, be respectful, but work hard and be reliable to people and be an asset to them so that that next spring when jobs came open, um, I would have some immediate connections made. That's really That's cool. Incredible. That's uh, I, yeah, I, I, I specifically wonder to like, cause, cause all I'm thinking about now is the correlation between, we talked about your big, very big moment at Taco Bell but now we're talking about some even some some really big moments that were kind of, you know, encapsulated in smaller increments. Like you just had a conversation with a guy that you followed and, and admired and it led you into, you know, eight years work in the Super Bowl. Like and that's another that's another moment that you can point to in your career, another spot in your trajectory that kind of takes you to, uh, you know, literally live in your dreams in a lot of scenarios. I 
absolutely and the line that i always not line like it's prepared but the way that i would always tell specifically sports media people you know these are people that i've watched or listened to or read for a long time i'd always tell them you know i really enjoy your work when i did and it was sincere it's not i'm a fan of you i'm not fanboy i'm not cheesy it's that you work really hard and you're really good at your job and your job is to inform and entertain and you've done that to me yeah. over the years so so thank you for that um so i mean that's just a a stroke a, a way to um connect with people that i always found really beneficial no doubt tab you got any questions about that before i move kind of direct no. this towards the next direction no, I'm kind of curious how how things changed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the that's that's kind of one one more thing I want to dig into right here, Casey. Tell us a little bit about. So obviously there was a big jump for you to make that move to Nashville to take that first gig, and then an even bigger jump to take the gig and move into New York. So take the NFL part out of it. Tell us about tell us about your life and and you know you're making these huge jumps and these huge changes in your life. Um, what about that first jump kind of helped you prepare for those next moves that you were making and, and feel free to talk about those moves because you, you had several of them over the next several years. Well, and I do think as a child moving around a little bit, um, you know, moving always the, uh, a willing that instilled almost, a um, that was natural to me. I didn't mind picking up and moving and meeting whole new people. And, you know, that being the new kid in class three or four times as a kid, always, <laughs> I, I think it can be hard, but it can also be really beneficial in that I adjusted to new places. I was willing to go anywhere. And I absolutely was, you know, my parents helped me out financially. There were a, a few times through that. Um, but what life really looked like, I mean, I rented a room from a woman that I worked with, with the jets okay. and I paid $500 a month for it. Again, I made a thousand dollars these days. I think um, interns have to make minimum wage. Like, so, um, you know, you're working 40, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You're a little <laughs> bit uh, more, even at minimum wage, that's a little bit more livable than yeah. uh, where we're at there. But, you know, I didn't get to go sightseeing in the city every week. I didn't get to, um, to live at large, but there's always free food floating around in an NFL facility. <laughs> so I found my ways to get some, some meals here and there. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, it was just really different. Um, you know, I, again, I was young enough that I didn't, probably wasn't aware of everything that was uh, at my fingertips from a sightseeing or um, cultural sense in Long Island. Um, but yeah, I mean, I made I made some friends that I still keep in touch with on Long Island, and um, and you know, I, but the main thing was grinding through, building a portfolio again, building that network, to, uh, getting my career ready for that next step. Yeah. And I think what's, what's important about what you just said there too, is because <laughs> a lot of people are going to hear, Oh, he went and interned for the Titans and then he went and moved to New York and worked for the jets. And then I know you made some other pretty prolific moves along the way too. Oh, he was living this glamorous life. Well, you know, maybe not. Uh, you were, didn't even have time or, you know, it sounds like even money to be able to go out and see sites and, and stuff like I that. I bet it so, was a lot to Taco Bell meals. Oh, no uh, yeah, there absolutely was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And many, as, as many six packs of tacos as you could possibly could stand. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's so funny. So, okay. Talk about the last couple steps in the NFL journey. And then I want us to transition to what tab said too, because I think it's really cool how you, how you've kind of made even more moves as you've gone on. Yeah. So my, um, so that summer, again, I'd kind of just put myself at a position where when jobs came open, you know, I think, again, this is before job boards worked exactly like they do today. It was very, and especially in that niche world, it was very much word of mouth how um, jobs came about. Yeah. So um, when a job came open, you'd hear just through um, your circle, hey, this job's open, you should reach out to them. So um, I'd heard in the early spring that the Chargers had an opening, the San Diego Chargers had an opening for a website and publications editor. And so I kind of aggressively began pursuing that. There were a couple other things out there that I chased, um, had an interview with another team that just wasn't the right time and place. I actually got to go down to Jacksonville and interview with the Jaguars, but uh, wasn't a position I was quite ready for. Um, and But I was really fortunate to get to go through that interview and um, make that connection. But uh, again, I kind of paced out over the course of that three or four months, um, I flirting with the chargers, trying to get them asking them on a date, please, please yeah. date me. Um, <laughs> so again, 
I think it was early April. I left New York. I moved back to Nashville, lived with my buddy, my Taco Bell buddy. I think I lived with you too, Marshall, didn't I? Probably for a minute. Yeah. You know, I was, I was sleeping on a lot of couches in those days. So yeah. Um, I was working for a landscaping company, just kind of waiting for that call to come through. Um, And finally in late June, it did. And uh, the chargers called and offered me a job and um, I was working laying sod. And I remember, uh, I mean, it was midday when I got that call that um, you can start whenever you can get here. So I put the grass on the, the pallet and the pallet on the truck. And I told the guy, I'm sorry, I got to go. I'm moving to San Diego tomorrow. Didn't even, didn't even finish the job. Did you hear that the job? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm out. See ya. I, had, I, gotta I, go. had, uh, I had some packing to do. Had a flight to catch. I'd say so. <laughs> An interstate to catch. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's right. You drove, didn't you? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. A long drive. Everything I owned in the pack of my uh, Plymouth Breeze. Yes. Yes. That is crazy. That's great. Okay. So San Diego. Oh my gosh. How, okay. How long were you in San Diego? So I was there, uh, this is summer of 05 and I was there until, uh, January, February, 2010. So, uh, yeah, my 20s young single in the most beautiful city in America, working for a playoff team full of superstars, um, it was it was awesome. Uh, I, I couldn't have had it any better. Uh, it's just, um, yeah, I have such great memories and uh, great uh, opportunity to to be around some really cool people and do some awesome stuff there. That's awesome. But you weren't done in the NFL world yet. So no. So what was the know, next and, year? And, and there was both personal and professional there. Um, you know, I, I I just knew that I'd probably never have a family living in San Diego. Just um, from I I got tired of being so far away from my family all um, all the time. Yeah. And I'd kind of hit a little bit of a of a ceiling career wise, um, just with where things were going. So that in 2010, um, I had an opportunity to move to St. Louis um, and take a job with the Rams and get away from this the full time editorial in, into their public relations to do some media relations strategic communications stuff there. So uh, February 2010, I packed up my car and moved back across the country and uh, took a PR job with the St. Louis Rams. That's crazy. So, all right, all right, Tab, for, and for everybody yeah. else keeping up at home, we've, we've had the Tennessee Titans, we've had the New York Jets, we've had the San Diego Chargers, and now we're in St. Louis with the Rams. And, and I'm doing the I'm doing the directional map. <laughs> Holy cow. We are all over the place. So it's, it's insane. You really did. You literally went coast to coast. It's insane. Uh, so yeah. And, 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 and then now obviously I'm looking around, buddy, here I am in St. Louis. I'm looking everywhere for a football team. There ain't one. So, right. So uh, tell me about, uh, tell me about this next big moment that I know that's coming up that you had to uh, make a big decision. Well, and there's the personal and professional there too. Uh, when right after I moved to St. Louis, um, I started dating my my eventual wife. She lived in Jonesboro. I lived in St. Louis. We did the back and forth thing every weekend. Yeah. Um, and so two years into that, she ended up moving to St. Louis. So we spent, or we dated for two years. Yes, and were there married for four years. Um, had our first child in 2014. Um, so obviously that changed a lot. Um. But I mean, I was still all in um, all time. I mean, I had the goal at that point of being a, a communications director in the NFL. And just like head coaches, there are only 32 of those jobs in the world. Yep. They're coveted and they're they're held by very, very talented people. Um, I don't know if I'd ever gotten there. I would, I'd love to have been, had the opportunity to see. But as you alluded to, January of 2016, uh, things changed pretty drastically, pretty quickly for an employee of the St. Louis Rams. So <laughs> yeah. The team relocated to Los Angeles. Um, we were not Los Angeles people. We had an opportunity to go, but it just wasn't right for us. I mean, aside from everything else, um, at that point in my life, I was, uh, you know, my the for my first year out was the first year. My son turned two in spring of 2016. So that football season would have been the first that he was really aware that I wasn't home to put him to bed. And I was um, gone every weekend and gone all day, every Sunday. Um, so there's some, you know, I was called at that point to be a full-time father and husband and uh, not work 80, 90 hours a week and travel Your the country. So, um, yeah. you know, absolutely. I, you know, I would have, uh, I would have had a really hard time ever walking away from that career on my own. But again, the way just th things happen and my path was directed. Um, so I always say when when the Rams moved west, we moved home. My wife and I moved back to Jonesboro. Um, that was a really, really trying period. I mean, 
I, I was naive enough to think that um, I, I wasn't 100% convinced the team was going to move, which I probably should have been a little bit more. Um, so there was more shock than probably I, I should have had. Yeah. I also, um, I had a really hard time. I, I would have thought, uh, I, would, I wouldn't have thought the transition would have been a, a difficult professionally, that some of the strategic communications, things that I was involved in, just being in the room for those and being a part of a team that put together a plan to deal with some pretty significant um, issues and managing just the day-to-day -day media relations, being a part of that team that managed that for such a high-profile industry, high-profile company. I had, I did not have immediate response. Um, I, I did not get a lot of job interviews that spring. So that was really yeah. tough. Uh, we were open again to moving to staying in St. Louis, to moving to Nashville, to moving home to Jonesboro. Um, but I went about uh, five months uh, basically unemployed, just spending all day, every day applying for jobs and uh, was very fortunate that Ritter Communications, a telecommunications company in Jonesboro, had a marketing communications position open and they moved us home. So we moved back to Jonesboro in 2016. And I worked there for a couple of years and um, was mostly writing marketing content for them. There wasn't as much of the strategic comm um, role. So that combined with there was a new medical school that had opened in Jonesboro. I had some friends that had gone to work with and I started hearing about um, the mission and vision of this medical school and kind of what they were trying to do. And so a couple of years in, they created a marketing communications director position. And I was just really, really fortunate through some of the connections that I'd made um, to be in line for that. So in 2018, I moved over to NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine on the campus of Arkansas State University. Uh, one full circle moment of this, NYIT is located in Old Westbury, New York on Long Island, which is about 10 minutes from where I worked when I worked for the Jets. Wow. So, um, <laughs> you know, when I started meeting my New York colleagues and telling them, yeah, I know where Hempstead and Old Westbury and Manhasset and Massapequa are, um, they didn't, that kind of dumbfounded them as far as an Arkansan knowing a little bit about who they, who they were and where they were. So, um, so yeah, I've been here for a, a little over four years now, and it's just a really, really cool position to be in here. It's, you know, when it comes down to it, it it's storytelling. Um, when I interviewed for my job here at the medical school, uh, my boss, Dr. Shane Spites told me, you know, we're doing a lot of really good things. We're not telling people about them. I need you to come tell people what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, and really, I was given a clean slate to find ways to go tell people about who we are and what we're doing. And so that's media yes. relations, it's advertising, it's social media. Um, I spoke, I speak to civic clubs in big, in mostly pretty small towns on a pretty regular basis. I've got a, a ready to go. Hey, here's who we are. Here's what we're trying to do. And here's a student that's from your community who's trained with us to be a physician and is now going to practice in this area. So nice. um, there, that's kind of. Uh, I, I've rambled just a little bit, but how my transition looked over those couple of years. That's insane. It's, it's a, it's a, yeah, go ahead, Deb. No, I was just curious. So do you miss working in the NFL at all? Like that side of, cause it's completely different as far as what you're talking about. So do you miss that? It is. I, I miss the people. I miss being part of a team like that. I miss the, the glitz and glamor. I mean, I miss getting to be in a football stadium and be around and connected to. And, um, the, and I, I absolutely miss a lot of that, but I can honestly say that the day to day, what I do with my, my job here, I enjoy, I enjoy it, it's the very, very more. comfortable. I really, yeah. yeah I, I, well, and I like being able to, to go home at, uh, at five mm -hmm. o'clock and have holidays off and, um, and, and some of those things there's give and take in anything that you do. And so those are some of the, but I really do get to, um, meet young medical students with these huge hearts with desires to go um, practice medicine in their hometowns and serve and, and, and make a huge difference. We've got, you know, you guys are from, both from a, a really small town or uh, not to speak for you, Tabitha Marshall's hometown of Pocahontas is rural <laughs> and small in Northeast Arkansas. Yeah. And I'm we, from a town with got, 384 people. I got him beat. <laughs> and, she wins. and what is that? She wins. What town is that? Hewland, Missouri. Probably okay. never heard of it. <laughs> I've not. But I mean, Farming specifically, Mar dining. specifically Marshall's hometown, we've got three alumni yeah. um, 
from Pocahontas that uh, have go. gone through our program and are going to be physicians in Northeast Arkansas. So that's incredible. I was going to ask too, like, have you ever had an opportunity to, to kind of pay back what that lady did for you in Taco Bell? Have you been able to be that person for someone else, but just hearing you talk about these students and being able to help them through the program and then become physicians in the area, I think that answers that question, but well, I wouldn't say that I'm helping them through. I'm helping them tell their stories. I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm highlighting them, helping people be aware of what they're doing. Um, they're, they're so much, they're all so much smarter than me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, my, since going to work in medical school, my respect level for physicians has just gone off the chart. Just the quantity and quality of information that they have to um, process and maintain, but also uh, uh, and retain. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm, and I, I honestly, like some days, I don't know how anybody's a doctor. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just takes an incredible individual to be able to uh, get through medical school and be, and be able to practice and then to do something so noble to, uh, to serve. So um, I say that to say my admiration level for all the people that I work with, our faculty, our staff, our students is off the charts. I do try as much as I can. I speak to classes a lot at A-State. Um, I, I reach out to folks. I'm always love to tell people my story and I'm, I, I haven't had a, uh, such a direct, like provided a Taco Bell moment for somebody, but hopefully, I mean, I always am willing to, um, chat with people to tell them how I got where I, I went, what I did, um, how, you know, and hopefully give them just a little bit of advice to help them in their career. No doubt. And you, you Casey too, I, I can remember through through COVID, you guys were really present. I can remember online in communication about, you know, COVID related issues, whether it be getting vaccinations or, or whatever it may be. And I think, I think it's important to kind of note the fact that, you know, those, those moments that have built you to this point are setting you up for some big shit, man. Like it's, it's that, and I don't know how you see it. I can tell you from my outside perspective, looking in, when I see my buddy on social media talking about the importance of how people can uh, brace themselves for what's coming in this COVID, uh, you know, era, and and the way that you can be more healthy and stuff like that, man, that's important work. And and I think that's uh, I, I, that's not lost on me, and and I know it's not lost on a lot of people. Well, it's really funny you mentioned that because I've said this a lot of times. That so my boss, Dr. Shane Spites, he's from Arkadelphia, Arkansas, a little bitty town. Um, he's a family physician, is the dean of a medical school here, he, but he's also the county health officer and the um, sit, the medical director for the city of Jonesboro. So he he wears a lot of hats. Uh, very passionate about public health. He's very well spoken and a great communicator. Um, I've always told people as you climb the chart in the NFL PR circles, the top guy handles the head coach. And that's something you always aspire to be. And especially during the pandemic, but always just being the the dean's PR guy, um, it's been a lot like handling the head coach. Uh, so there's <laughs> definitely some correlation in there. And yes, um, he, he is extremely talented being able to take um, to take a very t complicated topic and be compassionate while answering concerns, even if um, some of the things that he got thrown at him, some of the questions were pretty off the wall over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. So absolutely. We took a lot of pride in providing good information and encouraging people to get vaccinated and helping people understand um, why some of the crazy stuff you see, you see on the internet, why that wasn't quite accurate and why they'd be um, a lot better off trusting a, a good physician than, um, than surfing Facebook for their, their medical <laughs> information. Sure. Well, tell me about this. So I, and this is kind of where I want to kind of wrap things up because it's, it's so awesome to be able to kind of walk through this process because you can absolutely pinpoint a handful of serious moments in your career, in your life that have been what I would consider to be those crossroad moments. And you've been able to obviously accomplish some really cool things. You've got to experience some really cool things along the way. So from your experience and what you've learned, especially when you think about these moments, we talk about the Taco Bell moment. We talk about the, the gentleman that you spoke to uh, from the Fort Lauderdale Sentinel. We talk about the moment that, you know, the Rams packed up and moved and you got to determine what you're going to do with your family. And what are some of the things that you did to prepare and that others 
can do to prepare for those big moments that we're all faced with uh, when it comes to kind of turning our turning our life into our dreams, which is something you've been successful in doing. Well, you got to have people who will help you and you got to be willing to accept their help and, and lean on them. That's uh, one of the biggest things, you know, just trying to uh, not not you know, be bold enough to reach out to ask for help, um, you know, asking people to connect you, you know, hey, I know you know somebody here and can you make that phone call for me? Can you help me? Because, right. you know, really, um, I just don't know people who don't get, who get hired um, in any job that I've ever been without knowing somebody who knows somebody. So that's where those people skills. And um, so, you know, I also think it's having relationships with people. So you're not only calling on them when you need something, um, having that equity. And I don't mean being intentional. I got to make sure that I ask him this so that when I need this, I, but just building true and genuine relationships with people, um, being honest with yourself and self-aware about uh, what your talents are, what you can do, what you can't do, um, and finding places to utilize your skills to the best of your ability. Um, you know, making sure you've got all your tools sharp enough that you're ready for those moments. You know, yeah. it'd have been one thing to meet Miss White in Taco Bell and tell her I want to work in sports. It's another thing to have a resume ready that says I've worked for a newspaper, um, a, a radio station. I have a, a degree in this. I was involved in this organization in school. Um, to have things lined up to be ready for that moment. Cause I hear people all the time say, I want to work in sports. What do you want to do? I don't know. I just want to work in sports. <laughs> um, but you know, I actually knew that I wanted to work in athletic communications. And the reason I was qualified for that was because I can write, I can talk to people, I can build relationships. Yeah. So um, I think, I think all those things leading up to, um, and, and again, as you guys have hinted to always being willing to help others when you get an opportunity to. Yeah, but I know you agree with that, right? That's like an amen moment. <laughs> That's a thousand percent. I mean, well, and something he said earlier, too, is being able to have conversations with anybody, being able to find common ground and to talk to anybody, no matter how smart they are, how, you know, what their status is in this world, being able to just have a communication with people and just build those relationships. And it all starts with being able to communicate with just anybody. Man, cool conversation. I love it. Um, it's it's fun because, you know, when we've got friends along the way that we've been able to come in contact with that are that have, you know, achieved some amazing things. And, and it's because they've been prepared for big moments when they're ready for them. And that's mm -hmm. what this whole conversation was about. And it's always it's always so cool to be able to jam with friends and 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 honestly like-minded people who are out there in the world, you know, making their mark and and who subscribe kind of did the same vibe that we do, Casey. Everything that we do at Serial Progress Seeker is all about how do we build and build and build and build an army with us to go and take over the world. And 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 that's and that sounds like an aggressive uh, statement, and, and it is. It's because we feel like we have slowly built up this knowledge base that we can help other people. We can help people change their business. We can help people change their personal lives and we can help them, you know, escape if they want to escape something, if they're trying to get out of a nine to five lifestyle or a, or a lifestyle that kind of keeps them confined, whether it's by money or by status or by being in an office, whatever it is. And that's everything that we want to do here at Serial Progress Seeker. So it's cool to be able to have, you know, the same kind of conversation with uh, folks who kind of subscribe to that same deal. So thanks so much for coming on today. And uh, we're excited, man. We're excited to keep following your journey. And, and of course, always uh, wish you the best. Thanks so much for coming today. Thank you guys for having me. Always fun to take a, a walk down memory lane and, and share some of those memories, especially with somebody who was uh, on the road for a lot of them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. Cool. Great stuff.